everybody it's quincy jones go from the quincy jones show man and this is another week in the world of wrestling told to you guys by me the host of this show quincy jones go but you guys already know that now let's get on to the uh to all the news all the hubbub all the uh the frenzied madness of stories going into wrestlemania season and i'm gonna hit this thing hard and i'm gonna hit this thing fast First and foremost, we got WrestleMania filming for both nights already as they have up until 11 p.m. Thursday night due to the stay-at-home ordinance that just got put into effect. So as you can imagine, WWE is against the clock right now trying to do as much as they can to film as much as they can with the time that they do have remaining. Uh, it is being told to me that there is uh, a lot of it already you know, in the can as far as the big-name matches uh, the you know the higher marquee matches and stuff like that. I, I'm assuming more like Edge and Randy and uh, Roman and, and Goldberg and stuff like that. Especially when you take into account a lot of these guys who are part timers, like a John Cena who's also back. You know against Bray Wyatt, you have to think his uh, schedule is probably a little bit limited in the in these times as well. So I'm sure they're uh, you know doing what they can and going to the lengths that they have to to make sure that this is a uh, top-notch show and they'll be able to produce it all with the allotted time they have left. Uh, another thing that was actually pretty interesting as well is some of the notes coming out of some of the filming, and this is a non-spoiler type of situation, but uh, some of the content that they have uh, planned to film includes the Raw uh, all the way up to after WrestleMania as well. Um, but as far as notes, there are several cinematic-styled segments for a lot of the matches and a lot of the props have been made in-house to help bring uh, these big production-styled matchups to life. Um, it's also been reported that uh, it is indeed Triple H that is overseeing most, if not all, of the production that is currently going down at the PC and, again, at least another uh, unrevealed location, uh, secondary location, as uh, you know, there's been reports coming out saying that there's uh, quite a few locations as far as uh, the production and filming for WrestleMania 36 this year. Um, but it is a little bit out of character to, to know that, you know, Vince is actually not as hands on if even, you know, let alone actually at the PC to oversee how things are going himself. Uh, definitely interesting. But, uh, you know, I'll beat all the, you know, weirdness that's going into this year's WrestleMania. Obviously, there's a lot of outside circumstances that we can't help nor change that uh, play a part as far as how it affects how WrestleMania is pr uh, produced and presented this year. So, you know, you can't fault anybody. It's just different times, you know what I mean, for the first time in, you know, what, 36 years of, of WrestleMania is that they're going to be doing something a little bit different. But, you know, I've been kind of having this idea uh, that accompanies a lot of what's been going on lately as a result of a lot of the, the empty arena shows is – Maybe this is something uh, that WWE needed. Maybe this is the difference in producing or the, the difference maker that, you know, kind of crushes all the monotony that we've seen for years as wrestling fans, as WWE fans. We love the product, but we get tired of watching the same stuff or kind of the lazy booking or the promos that go nowhere, the start and stop booking and the 50-50 booking, all that stuff. You know, again, this is WrestleMania, showcase of the Immortals, the granddaddy of them all, the show of shows, 
this, that, and the fourth. Uh, so I know this is coming from a total, you know, entertainment aspect uh, as far as how they present this one, but maybe this is something different. I mean, the fact that they were able to go and pre-tape these matches, you know, have that advantage of not being able to, you know, not having to do it live. And if they mess up, they can go and reshoot it. You know what I mean? So it is weird. It kind of, I feel like in a way, exposes the business in a bit, but not in a major way. You know, it, it just has, it, obviously the pre-tape, it just screams, you know, uh, uh, predetermined, you know, scripted. Um, you know, as such as, and they're kind of shooting it like, like movie style, you know, but at the same time, I'm intrigued as a fan to see what they do, what they were able to produce, especially when you think about it, they had a, a, a certain amount of people only allowed on set. So it was kind of like a limited set type of thing. Um, I, I'm interested to see how this turns out and, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing my, my, uh, my, my white flag as far as WrestleMania in just yet. Um, I, def, again, I mean, not so, uh, Excited for the the matches as far as like the card is. I feel like there's you know room for more stuff, uh, but again, outside circumstances. I mean, I have a feeling that uh, the amount of matches that we have right now and the matches that are still getting made as things are changing and shifting around. Um, you know, I think you know we, we should be okay, especially the fact that it's a, a two day event that they're you know they keep coining is too big to be in one night. Um, but, you know, I was just talking about, you know, WWE having to pretty much reformat some matches, rebook some matches, make some changes and stuff like that. Uh, another headline coming out of, uh, you know, the wonderful world of uh, news as far as wrestling is uh, two WWE superstars are actually been pulled from the WrestleMania card and have both been quarantined uh, uh, currently. No word on if uh, this is just a precaution, which I assume it is. Um have not heard any news about any of their superstars uh, being uh, testing positive. Have heard uh, several reports about the way that they've been testing um, and providing testing for the talent and stuff like that. So I would think that it would, there was something out there would hear about it, um, especially uh, one of the two names that's a little bit more high, higher profile uh, than the other. Uh, no shade here, just calling it how it is. But the two superstars that have been pulled are none other than uh, Dana Brooke, who has been pulled from the just announced a uh, six-pack challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, with Bayley defending, uh, supposedly, you know, uh, Dana Brooke, Tamina, um, Lacey Evans, Sasha Banks, Tamina, and Naomi. Now it will be uh, relegated to now a fatal five-way with the same women, just minus Dana Brooke. And uh, there was another match that was on the books but was never officially announced or actually concrete. Uh, it was one of two ideas. It was uh, Rey Mysterio, who was uh, the second Superstar that's been quarantined and pulled from the, from the WrestleMania card. Um, see what I mean by a little bit higher profile? See? No shade. No shade. Just calling it how it is. Um, one of the plans was either to see Rey Mysterio finally uh, going one-on-one against Andrade for the WWE United States Championship. And another idea was that Andrade would defend that championship in a fatal four-way between Rey Mysterio, Humberto Carrillo, as well as Angel Garza. Um, as you can see... You know, there was, again, no no official announcement of the match or any of the participants even involved in any uh, type of Fatal 4-Way, let alone a one-on-one. But we did just get the new match announced where it was the Raw Tag Team Champions, Street Profits, taking on the team of Andrade and Angel Garza, where, you know, it's a bit surprising as they have not even, you know, really been involved in each other's storylines. There's been, uh, you know, no crossing of the hairs, as uh, we've uh, said multiple times here in the Quincy Jones Show. But interesting because... Again, it kind of rings true. Uh, they needed these guys to do something, or they're just using the talent that they have. Uh, but Angel Garza, barely coming in, what, two, three months onto the main roster, already has a WrestleMania moment. Crazy. Uh, again, different kind of 
I mean, it's, that's the one thing I, I think I'd have to argue. Is, is it still a WrestleMania moment if there's no live crowd there to to help you just dive in and, and settle into that, that you know, manifest that feeling as, as far as it goes? But, again, that's another, uh, that's another debate for another day. Might I have to... Hit up uh, the podcast Legend Killers uh, podcast, and uh, maybe they'll they'll do another debate of the week. But uh, shout out to Eddie, Eddie Lynch, my boy. Listen, uh, going on with the news, uh, more WWE news as we have an update, both status and injury wise, on Samoa Joe. Um, as you guys probably know, Samoa Joe has suffered a little bit of a hash of bad luck uh, coming out of uh, 2019 and the 2020. Of course, we had uh, Samoa Joe, who uh, had a broken thumb, was on commentary for quite some bit. Uh, it was doing great on, 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 on commentary. Stellar job on commentary. A lot of people were, uh, you know, bigging his abilities up as far as, I guess, what, you know, we know where, what Samoa Joe can do as far as uh, life outside the ring, you know, when uh, he has to finally hang those boots up. But, yeah, he was doing a great job of commentary. And then finally his, uh, his thumb healed all up, was able to come back to the ring. Um, but then it wasn't until the Raw after Royal Rumble as he had a match where he teamed with Kevin Owens in their current storyline uh, against uh, Seth Ryan, uh, Seth Ryan, Seth Rollins and Murphy in a tag match where uh, Samoa Joe actually knocked himself out, concussed himself following a diving attack to the outside where he kind of nosed off a little bit low. Um, it suffered a legit injury where Kevin Owens was uh, forced to actually finish the match two on one. Um, and then uh, a little bit after that, we had gotten a report, though not clear on the details, that uh, Samoa Joe was actually on set uh, shooting for a WWE commercial. And again, details not so clear, but uh, he suffered another concussion while on set for shooting that uh, uh, advertisement. And um, then shortly after that, uh, he suffered his first um, WWE wellness policy violation. Uh, which uh, subsequently uh, led to him being suspended for 30 days. Uh, and now that I've said all that with my mush mouth, uh, as far as an update, it uh, looks to see that Samoa Joe is officially uh, done with his 30-day suspension. The 30-day suspension has been lifted as 30 days have been completed. And he has also been medically cleared by WWE doctors, though uh, I think it's just uh, bad timing as far as, the, again, the outside circumstances uh, leading up to where we're at right now in terms of pub public gatherings and, and, you know, things being shut down, things being uh, affected quite greatly, obviously. But, um, you know, with everything in, in a sort of the standstill right now, you know, with especially with, you know, going into the build and filming a WrestleMania this week, I think it's quite likely that we won't see Joe featured until Mania season blows over. And they, they kind of figure out where they go from here post-Mania. I mean, I feel like right now that they were only working on a – uh, they being WWE working on a basis just to get to WrestleMania as they obviously could not have possibly foreseen these circumstances, you know, throwing a huge gutter ball into their line of strike as far as trying to get to WrestleMania season. So I think they're just trying to get themselves back, uh, you know, just just to the raw at the WrestleMania and they'll probably see what's going on from there. And I mean, who knows? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm again, I assume with all the hands on deck type of uh, mentality right now and um, as far as the booking and the writers and stuff like that and creative, I'm sure that they don't have anything for Joe right now because we are literally in the middle of WrestleMania season. So, again, uh, hopefully we'll see something maybe on the Raw after uh, after WrestleMania or, um, you know, in weeks to come, we'll, we'll have to see, man. Um, which uh, leads me to uh, two more pieces of uh, news here. The first being that it has been officially announced uh, as of uh, last night on WWE NXT 
Triple H has announced an uh, official date for uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus uh, Johnny Gargano to finally end uh, this, what, two, three-year-long battle between them. Um, they agreed all they needed. They didn't need a big stage. All they needed was a ring and a referee, and they'll just do what they do. Uh, Triple H seemingly has uh, added a date to it. April 8th uh, on uh, the next NXT, uh, I think in two weeks, actually. Yeah, two weeks. NXT, Johnny Gargano said he needed two weeks. So um, this is also, uh, you know, pretty interesting uh, considering that they just made the announcement after the fact of the announcement. <laughs> so an announcement of an announcement that uh, NXT TakeOver got postponed and canceled. So now they made an announcement post that announcement that uh, the matches that were uh, proposed and uh, pretty much uh, featured for TakeOver Tampa are now going to be featured on NXT TV in the next coming weeks, which is exciting, of course, because there was uh, quite a few matches I was excited to see and figure out the results and the, the buildup for that. I mean, and to hear that, you know, TakeOver Tampa, which is kind of, like you know, just like that, gone. Uh, I thought it sucked, especially, you know, when, when I heard that WWE was going to be splitting WrestleMania up into two nights. I thought maybe that was, you know, maybe one night was going to be for TakeOver and the other night was, uh, you know, going to be dedicated uh, strictly uh, directly to uh, WrestleMania main card uh, roster matches and stuff like that. But, um, again, excited to see uh, NXT matches in the coming weeks as we know what to expect. Uh, a lot of people were wondering what was up with that as a lot of, uh, again, matchups and rivalries were pretty much up in the air and in limbo. So uh, we will get uh, Ciampa Gargano in two weeks, and I assume that we'll get a lot of those uh, featured matches for TakeOver Tampa within those two weeks as well. Um, and now leading to the last uh, little nugget here of news in the world of wrestling, it appears that uh, people in WWE are upset over Brody Lee's newest vignette where he allegedly parodies the great Vince McMahon character. By portraying some of his well-known quirks and mannerisms. Now, if uh, you guys didn't see it, uh, it was last night. Um, this was actually Brody Lee's uh, second official vignette under the AEW banner. It showed uh, him sitting down. Uh, and again, we'll get into this as I come back from break and cover the Wednesday Night Wars. But showed him sitting down, eating at a table with a very Vince McMahon-esque suit and tie combo. Eating a steak, which those who know, they know Vince McMahon loves a great steak. Has even uh, ribbed Daniel Bryan about it for quite some years before, uh, you know, pushing him to the main roster. Citing it as uh, real man eats meat. As uh, those who know, uh, Daniel Bryan is a well-known vegan with his vegan lifestyle as well. But I digress. There was also, uh, you know, certain little uh, verbiage where, you know, you had John Silver trying to, uh, you know, get to his plate uh, with the steak on it, to which he got admonished greatly by Brody Lee, uh, was told that no one eats until I'm done eating, which was kind of a glaring, you know, look into some realism there. Uh, you know, a lot of people can speak, uh, you know, a lot of people who have come from the WWE system, worked close to Vince and have less, you know, since left, have uh, come to attest to the type of uh environment it is back there you know what i mean as far as uh behind this you know the curtain and stuff like that so um that was interesting but it was also interesting with the last little bit as we had alex reynolds still at the table who sneezes and again if you know you know this man hates absolutely detests the acts of sneezing as he sees it as a uh trait of weakness as you cannot control it and he likes to be in control um so Definitely interesting to see Brody Lee go after the sneezing um, from Alex Reynolds as well as, uh, you know, the steak eating. So, but uh, again, speeding through it because I know I'm out there re-talk re about this, re uh, pretty much, uh, you know, 
relay this whole thing as I get into the Wednesday Night Wars. But again, it's being said that while it is not certain that Vince himself has seen the promo yet, um, several WWE insiders have said that there are many within the company that were really upset over the segment, which, I mean, hey, Brody, keep doing what you're doing. Thumbs up here, buddy, because if you're getting them mad, then you're doing your job. Uh, again, I am Quincy Jones. Go. We're going to take a quick break as we get into the Wednesday Night Wars. And uh, again, I am uh, broadcasting, podcasting live from the kayfabe kitchen of Quincy Jones and staying here, quarantining and doing all that. I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope that uh, we're doing our best to entertain you guys on this side of the world, on this side of the headphones, on this side of the microphone. And on that note, again, we're going to have a quick break, and we'll be back into the Wednesday Night Wars. Yo, yo, what's going on, KJS listeners? It is I, the one and only hip-hop hybrid Triple H himself, Doc Lesnar, co-host of your favorite wrestling podcast, giving you the best news in the wrestling universe. But right now, I'm just taking some time to remind you guys to hit me up, follow me on Instagram, but more importantly, get that music. You guys have heard me talk about it every episode. I hit you with the plugs, Amazon, Google, you know what I mean, iTunes, a little bit of Apple Music, and of course, Spotify. So what are you guys waiting on, man? Follow me on Spotify. You go ahead and, 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 you know, just dip your toe a little bit. That's that free stream, you know? The first one's always free. But check out my songs, man. Triple H, Hip Hop Hybrid, and of course, one of my favorite songs I've ever done, the Strong Styling and Profiling Remix featuring myself, my cohort, Quincy Jones Go. You may have heard of him. And of course, the iconic Mega Ran and the homie Cam Archer, man. So go ahead, check that out anywhere that you digitally stream your music today. Doc Lesnar, Hip Hop Hybrid, go! Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, home of the tag team champions of the IE, Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. And we're back, and it is time for your Wednesday Night War Breakdown. Uh, I'm going to do a little something different. I think I may have done it last week, too, but uh, I'm going to start with NXT. Um... Those that know me know I actually tend to watch uh, Dynamite first as uh, I can get the uh, the early broadcast here on the West Coast um, when I stream it. So I tend to watch that, take my notes between 7 and 8 and then get ready for NXT from 8 to 10. But um, I'm going to do a little different, man, because we got some uh, pretty good talking points here. So uh, let me get into it, man. NXT opens up with the announcement in wake of TakeOver Tampa being canceled, all the planned matches will still take place on NXT TV in the coming weeks. Plus, we will get uh, Triple H's uh, address when it comes to the whole Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano situation. Again, we touched a little bit on that in the uh, the intro here. But, um, yeah, pretty good uh, night. Uh, I mean, you know, considering that the last week a lot of fans were pretty upset that there actually wasn't any uh, live matches featured. Um, and obviously in the numbers, not that I'm a numbers guy, they did took a pretty big hit in terms of viewership for last week. So I'm sure that they had to turn things around. And as uh, also you can see, uh, you know, leading by the Monday Night Raw uh, style of uh, filming, they have reverted to the AEW style of filming as they are uh, keeping the hard cam straight uh, ahead at the uh, the entrance way, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, keeping it at a, at a side angle. But um, and again, minimizing the amount of times you can actually see the empty arena. So it was pretty good, man. Um, again, 
not saying that they're copying. Again, I posted something earlier this week where uh, Randy Orton had a similar promo to Cody Rhodes and MJF's build uh, leading into their match at AEW Revolution, and I already had to combat quite a number of, uh, I don't want to call them stupid idiots, but people that are calling what my post was a reach, saying that I'm alleging that one's copying over the other. That's not what I said. Uh, Plain and simple, heard the promo, thought it sounded familiar, found out why, Posted both side by side for comparison. Literally, that's it, man. I'm a fan of both. I had one guy say, oh, really? Anything to get anyone to fight? I'm like, bro, you're talking to the wrong one. I'll let you know that ASAP. Quincy Jones go, KJS, always. Kayfabe Quincy putting on for the culture. Anyways, so far, so forth, and I digress. Austin Theory versus Tyler Breeze opening up, uh, you know, opening match, opening up uh, the broadcast for NXT. Uh, I thought, it, you know, again, pretty back and forth match. I thought it was great heel work from Austin Theory. Um, I was actually loving uh, some of the work that he was doing. But I don't know. There were some things where I was like, okay, you going to go get, you know, wasting time to go and get the the cell phone and trying to film yourself and doing all this. And then even carrying, you know, uh, picking Tyler up in the fireman's carry position and then still filming. I mean, yeah, yet impressive. But I don't know. I don't know if they were trying to. And if, if so, they did a good job. Let me just say that before I, I pick pick it apart. But if it was supposed to come off like, oh, this wily rookie thinks he knows everything, but then you know he he's so cocky, he's 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 so ahead of him, so full of himself that he you know he he just made a, a stupid mistake against a veteran like that of Tyler Breeze. So if that's how it's supposed to come off, I felt like it did. But um, again, I mean I have nothing wrong with this match. Tyler Breeze wins via the beauty shot. Uh, you know, it was awesome. Pretty good. Pretty good match. Uh, pretty feel good. Match for uh, Austin Theory. He's been, you know, in a lot of losing efforts lately. So uh, with this being his third, I believe, it wasn't as bad as him losing to like a Ciampa um, or a Roderick Strong in the past. Just, I mean, Austin Theory is 22. He still has a lot to prove. They're not going to push him right away. He has a great look. He has a a great outlook on on the way he sees himself and his character and stuff like that. Uh, Again, I did like the character development with the heel work. Um, I have not seen heel work from Austin Theory before because I'm not that familiar with his work outside the Evolve special the WWE actually posted up uh, what middle of last year I think it was right before the summer uh, started uh, you know where they had it on the network and stuff like that I've heard of him for so long I've only watched a handful of his matches so definitely still getting very much um, introduced to his uh, his character so Again, not too bad as far as trying to help develop his uh, his character in this regard against a, a veteran like Tyler Breeze. But moving on, we had the second match of the night. wasn't uh, much for anything. It was a you know squash match. I mean, I don't know if it really. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's not that I don't know. I do know. It doesn't do anything for Killian Dane. Killian Dane had a match against. Uh, I'm assuming that they're working with a lot of their their home talent there at the the PC and not asking a whole lot of people to travel right now. Um, it was a new name, Tahuti Miles. Um, one of the things that kind of like drew my ire was the fact that I was like, "Why would you name another?" Or why? Okay, let me not say like. Let me let me say it this way: Why would you use the name Miles for another African American performance center? You know, promising trainee or I mean, whatever. However, you want, a signed athlete. We already had Jordan Miles that blew up in a lot of people's faces. Uh, more, more so Jordan than anybody, uh, depending on who you talk to. But 
I was actually quite surprised that they would be so quick to use the last name Miles. I mean, yeah, spelled differently, you know, instead of the Y, it's an I, but I I don't know. You know, it was, again, a little bit different for me. I was like, oh, they picked another black guy to be a Miles. But, you know, not not like that, but it was just, I was like, oh, okay, that was interesting. Anyways, typical squash match, Killian Dane, you know, runs right through uh, Tehuti Miles, wins via the Vader Bomb. Again, I don't know what they're doing with Killian Dane. They brought him back. It was I thought it was a great move to bring him back to NXT, especially with the uh, the breakup of Sanity. And you know who knows what everyone's doing. You know we know Nikki Cross is still doing her thing on SmackDown with Alexa Bliss, um, Alexander Wolf. I think may still be out uh, with an injury. Last time I saw him, it was at the uh, I think NXT was it Cardiff. It may have been Blackpool um, when he had uh, the tag match himself. No, no, I'm sorry. The four and four it was undisputed versus uh, uh, Imperium. And he had gotten taken out by Bobby Fish, a kick to the face. Um, and then, you know, we don't even see Eric Young anymore. You know, he used to be part of that group that used to go after the uh, 24-7 championship on Raw. But, you know, haven't seen anything. But I thought it was a good move to put Killian Dane back on NXT with this, you know, uh, you know, pretty much redecorated him, rebooked him, rebranded him. I dug – I love his – first of all, I love his song. Uh, love the new look. Love the angle he was coming from. And, you know, he's, he has been involved in quite a few high-profile, you know, matches and, and, and rubbed elbows with a few people, you know, which led to the speculation he was on the right track as far as a pretty big push mid-card. Um, but I have not seen a whole lot of him uh, as far as taking on actual, like, talent. And, I mean, again, they put him in there with a guy named Tahuti Miles. Easy win. It doesn't really do anything for him as we don't see – Killian Dane on on uh, NXT TV every week. Um, interesting enough that he uh, he must be he must be living in the states because I do know that Pete Dunne was an individual that was not at the NXT tapings, obviously due to a lot of the travel stuff that's going on because of the uh, coronavirus. But it would you know one wouldn't like to note that uh, Killian Dane is definitely from from Scotland. So um, interesting there. Anyways. Uh, going on from there, we went into what we got my notes. Oh, we got another match. We had Cameron Grimes taking on Tony Nese. Um, I'm not the biggest Tony Nese fan, but admittedly, when I saw that they these two were going against each other, I thought, oh, this this is actually going to be a pretty good match for both guys. Um, where you got a guy like Tony Nese who's built, you know, uh, premier athlete, definitely has strikes, power game as well as high flying, um, and obviously chiseled from the abs up. But, you know, because of that, he's not no pushover for uh, Cameron Grimes to just cave in on his way, you know, uh, towards his uh, continuous push here in NXT at the Black and Gold brand and all that stuff. So I was interested to see uh, who was going to win this and if Cameron Grimes was going to win, how this match was going to go. And it was a nice competitive match. I actually enjoyed it again. Uh, not to take anything away from Tony Nese. I don't watch a lot of his stuff because I'm not so much watching 205 Live as I, as I once used to be. Uh, I used to be really on it, but not as much anymore, to be 100% honest with you guys. Um, but we did get a, a Grimes win uh, over Tony Nese via the cave-in. After that, we got uh, one of two uh, NXT Women's Championship number one contender ladder match qualifier matches. God, that's a mouthful. Uh, we had the return of Aaliyah versus Zia Lee, which if you guys remember, I think it was four months ago, Zia Lee actually had a match with Aaliyah where she kicked her and it was this whole storyline where she broke her nose in the match and you know they had this whole post-match thing where she's crying and blood everywhere and you know the doctor's trying to set her her nose and stuff but 
I never really understood what that was for. They never really, again, you know, talking earlier about the start and stop and the 50-50 stuff. It's like, I, I mean, it looks like once they try to get behind somebody or try to do some sort of developments in their character, then they just kind of like back up. I don't know. They, they they hit that eject button real quick. I don't know what, what that was about. But anyways, uh, back to present time, Aaliyah versus Xia Lee. Um, you would think that there was going to be uh, room for some sort of uh, story of redemption from Aaliyah, especially knowing that there's uh, this type of, uh, how should I say, uh, bounty that's in uh, you know in place as far as trying to get a spot in the ladder match for the number one contendership. Um, we actually got a, a shot where uh, the cameraman cut backstage where Zaya was found injured after an apparent attack to her knee as she was uh, pretty much she was crying. She was crying, yelling about her knee. Uh, we had several officials back there checking on her, trying to figure it out. Aaliyah is back in the ring with a big old gloating smile on her face. Uh, kind of reminded me of uh, AJ when he was in the uh, Saudi Arabia gauntlet match and uh, Rey Mysterio had gotten hurt. It was honestly the same spot when you think about it. But, yeah, so she was grinning, thinking she was going to get just get named uh, and uh, move on into, you know, win a spot and move on into the ladder match and so forth. But Zia Lee was actually replaced by a returning Io Shirai. Not too sure where Io Shirai has been. I know there is a little bit of a contract uh, uh, issues not, I want to say issues, but they were going back and forth. There's been uh, rumors and innuendo about uh, Io Shirai wanting to go back to Japan, wanting to uh, leave WWE. She's just not feeling her run there anymore. Um, and honestly, wants to go back to being closer to where her fiance, uh, Evil, of uh, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling lives. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff about that. And around that time, I, I have to admit, that's when she kind of disappeared into the night seamlessly. But um, we did get the return of... Uh, Io Shirai, the genius of the sky, and Shirai wins uh, via diving moonsault and advances to the number one contender ladder match, joining the likes of Tegan Knox, Chelsea Green, and Mia Yim, uh, showing that there are four spots now and two left. After that, we go to commercial. We come back with a Dexter Loomis vignette, um, what, maybe about a 20-second spot. Shout out to my boy Mark McFly. He's very, very big on Dexter Loomis. He uh, actually loved a lot about him. In that, what was it? The uh, the breaking out tournament that NXT had that featured all, all these new guys that they signed at the time. Um, have not heard or seen from Dexter Loomis since that breakout performance, uh, tournament performance, I should say. But um, yeah, good to see that he's actually, you know, turning up in NXT. We we get a chance to actually see him and see uh, what he's going to be capable of in terms of what his character will be now going forward in WWE. For those that may know, he's a wonderful artist. Uh, Kfa or not Kfa? That's that's a shoot. Uh, has done uh, quite designed quite a few of the the shirts over at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees for quite a few guys, but also has quite a few uh, you know highlights as far as uh, character development work uh, when it comes to Impact Wrestling and TNA when he was doing the whole like stalker thing with uh, was it Christy Hemi? So uh, I don't know if that's like a uh, a preview of what they have planned for him, but definitely interested to see what they got. Interested to see what they got planned for the boy. Uh, after that, we got a featured interview uh, from NXT North American champion Keith Lee. And uh, he's being interviewed about the actions from last, uh, actually two weeks ago, as uh, he was attacked from behind by uh, Damian Priest and uh, did not know he was Damian Priest. Ended up spirit bombed Dominic Dijakovic. And um, so we, we got a little interview here to uh, talk to Keith Lee um, about what happened. Um Shortly into the interview, after 
Keith Lee says that he believes he owes Dijakovic an apology. Dijakovic comes out and interrupts Lee. He uh, says he doesn't care about the apology at this point. The only thing that is about it right now is for the North American Championship. Um, apology or not. Um, and then Damian Priest interrupts, uh, of course. Damian Priest interrupts both Keith Lee and uh, Dijakovic and uh, talks about how he needs that title because he needs his name to live on forever. Uh, Infamy, the Archer of Infamy, has spoken. Um, a brawl ensues, and uh, during that brawl, Dijakovic pushes Lee out of the way to get the Damian Priest, uh, gets him some, and then Keith Lee gets himself up, uh, then pulls Dijakovic off of Priest and gets him some. And then uh, Lee and Priest tumble out of the ring while they're still battling, to which Dijakovic hits a springboard front senton, taking out both men with Dijakovic still standing tall. More on that as there an announced uh, as there is an announced uh, matchup following this uh, brawl here. Um, after this, we get a little check in with Adam Cole, Bay Bay, the current NXT. I'm sorry, <clears throat> the current longest running. NXT champion, where he's uh, sitting poolside, where there was some sun out there. He looked like he was enjoying himself during this quarantine uh, period here. And a uh, proposition that uh, Velveteen Dream should get into the ring with Bobby Fish next week. And if he can get past the fish, then he may be able to earn a shot at his title. Not a bad segment. And also not mad at WWE for uh, having their top guy, their world champion uh, at home safe and sound amidst everything going on right now. Uh, from there, we get a, a tag team match. We have the Britam Brawlers, the one-two punch uh, of Loney Orkin and Danny Birch, and they took on uh, the same tag team we actually saw on Monday Night Raw against the Street Profits. It was the team of Shane Thorne and a uh, new face to uh, NXT roster, Brendan Vink. Uh, one thing I'll say about Vink is he actually has size and the height advantage in this match. Pretty good power game, you know, showed some uh, some of that power game with the, you know, shoulder block and a, and a hell of a Uranagi, actually. But uh, in turn, the Brawlers win via a double submission combo with the crossface and the single leg crab as uh, the Britain Brawlers keep uh, the momentum going. I- I'm wondering what they're doing with these guys. Like, every so often, they'll build them up, and then they'll bring them in to get beat, you know, by another legit team, mind you, you know what I mean? And, and it's great because... This team has been built so great where, you know, they know that you know that they can go as a fan. But I don't know what they – I feel like they bring them in for a spell. They, they build them up just so they can uh, have a legit wrestling match uh, or contest in the eyes of a fan against another tag team that they're actually currently behind. But I digress as we get into our second NXT Women's number 1 Contender Ladder Match qualifying match, and that is Candice LeRae taking on Caden Carter. Um not really much of a match to be honest. I mean, I'm I'm not. I'm, I look. I'm not a detractor of Caden Carter. It just there's certain things about her character I just don't understand yet, and I feel like it's a little bit of NXT's fault because they haven't really done anything to help us, you know, delve deep into that character to figure out what it is we're looking at. Uh, I mean, when she was still Lacey Lane, she had a little bit of a Mortal Kombat feel to her, but yet she was still being billed. From Winter Park, Florida, which is pretty much where NXT is at. So now, you know, months since then, we get a Caden Carter. Still the same, you know, different song. Still the same uh, in-ring gear. 
uh, still the same mystery as far as what her character is. And then, um, but then now she's being billed from the Philippine Islands, which, you know, I'm not a Filipino, so I don't have any gripe about that. Y'all, y'all can go and fight that one out. Um, but yeah, we had a little, you know, back and forth match again. It wasn't a whole, like, it wasn't like a huge spotlight match. You know, I think we all on paper knew that LeRae was going to be another one of the huge names in this ladder match just because they need the star power, you know what I mean? Where they need to take some of the existing women's roster that is not currently championed since, you know, Rhea Ripley's all wrapped up with uh, Charlotte right now, but use those three to help get these other three uh, new faces they're trying to get over at least, uh, at least two, because we got Chelsea Green, and um, who else do we have? We have Chelsea Green in that match. Tegan Knox is another one that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, probably looking to, to get a good feature in this match as well. Again, riddled by two injuries on uh, both of her uh, ACLs and her knees and stuff like that. So, But, uh, yeah, Candice Array has advanced to the number one contender ladder match, joining Tegan Knox, Chelsea Green, Mia Yim, and Io Shirai. And uh, more on that as well, um, in, you know, in terms of – because if, if you guys can count, that's only five of the six spots for the ladder match. So uh, we'll have news on how the sixth spot will be determined uh, in a bit. But after this, we got Matt Riddle versus uh, Roderick Strong. Again, I had mentioned it earlier, uh, Pete Dunn is actually back in uh, Europe right now, um, did not make the flight. So Matt Riddle was actually by himself, uh, half of the tag team champions taking on Roderick Strong in a great match. These two always have a great match together. Uh, back and forth, hard hitting uh, between both guys. I mean, I love Roderick Strong matches and Matt Riddle. I mean, he's been tightening it up a little bit. I know I, I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to his striking and stuff like that. Um, but great match. Um, still just as great without a, a, you know, a crowd there to, to big it up and stuff like that. So very much enjoyed it from watching it at home. Uh, Matt Riddle gets the win via the Bro Derek, only to be jumped post-match by these two giant men with face paint. Um, I'm not too sure. I can only assume based on the uh, the style of the theme song they played for them. They appeared to have some sort of Indian descent or uh, possibly Middle Eastern. But these guys were huge, and uh, we got the introduction of Malcolm Bivens. Have uh, seen this guy uh, tremendously on his uh, Twitter game uh, over the past couple years. I've also seen uh, what he can do in terms of managing in uh, Ring of Honor. Um, have also uh, seen uh, the hate that he garners from uh, the likes of the host on the WWE The Bump. But, uh, you know, I've also seen a lot of uh, videos. Uh, you know, he's always part of that Largo Loop or that group of uh, NXT guys and girls that go and do uh, a lot of these uh, live shows before they... Uh, Pretty much debut on NXT TV, and I always usually see a, a, a video between Malcolm Bivens and I believe he's going by what Robert Stone right now, uh, Robbie E. So they always have something going, and also uh, Eric Bugenhagen has also had a few videos with him. But uh, interesting to figure out where this is going to go, where this is going to lead, especially uh, not knowing how long Pete Dunne is going to be out. Uh, if this is something they're building towards. As far as tag teams, obviously, because there's two big old guys and they're looking towards the tag team division, as told by Malcolm Bivens, as he said, this is the future of the tag team division, but he never name dropped, never said anything about their names. I, I thought that was kind of weird. I mean, maybe WWE doesn't have, uh, uh, they haven't decided on a name yet. Maybe they want to save it. Um, but yeah, maybe because there was no live crowd, there wasn't any urgency to Slap a name on him just yet, but yeah, we'll have to see where this leads in the coming weeks. And uh, 
I'm a man of my word, right? You know, I'll tell you something that's going to happen. I'm going to make do with my promise. And uh, here it goes, man. Here's the the announcement that is uh, set to determine the sixth spot in the uh, NXT Women's Championship number one contenders ladder match. Again, such a mouthful. It'll be the losers of these qualifying matches. Caden uh, Carter, Dakota Kai, Deanna Peraza, uh, Aaliyah, Shotzi Blackheart, and, and Zia Lee all taking each other on in a gauntlet match uh, with their uh, deeming the second chance gauntlet match. And the winner from those six will fill the last slot in the ladder match. Interesting enough. Uh, of those names, I would think that would either be Dakota or Shotzi based on uh, popularity alone. If I had to pick based on who I would want to be in there, I would pick Deanna for sure. I feel like ever since that she's been on the roster, they have done nothing but use her to build other people up, which she's, I mean, it's her name, people. She's a, a virtuosa, okay? Very talented, multi-talented, just saying. Don't sleep on her. Um, after that, we also got a secondary uh, announcement. We have a triple threat match. Told you we were going to get some uh, some fallout from this. Uh, for the NXT North American Championship, it will be current NXT North American Champion Keith Lee taking on both men, Dominic Dijakovic, as well as Damian Priest. So this will be set for next week. Another good match uh, that they're advertising for next week's uh, broadcast as well, next to the second chance gauntlet match. Then it was also confirmed uh, via, uh, I believe William Regal put his stamp of approval on this. It'll be Bobby Fish taking on Velveteen Dream as well, um, pretty much to uh, Adam Cole's offer. Um, he's going to deliver on that, and we'll see if uh, Dream uh, steamrolls his way over Bobby Fish in an attempt to still make a pass at the NXT Championship. Um, but, yeah, man, that was uh, pretty much the end of those announcements. But at the very end of NXT, we finally got another announcement. I touched on it earlier, uh, you know, in the intro. Um, Triple H came out to address the whole Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano situation and address the fact that they tore up the PC. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, Shout out to uh, Johnny Gargano for uh, using the Bobby the Brain Heaton uh, adage when it came to, uh, for those that saw, they had a big old brawl a couple weeks ago between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. They were they were everywhere. They were fighting all over the Performance Center. There was an actual spot where, and me and Doc talked about this, where Johnny Gargano actually took Tommaso Ciampa's head and just threw it through the glass door that was, uh, I believe, in the gym area. I loved how Johnny Gargano, again, using a, a classic Bobby Brain Heenan adage, said he jumped through the window to get away from him. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the barbershop window segment. Shawn Michaels turning heel and Marty Jannetty. That's exactly what he says. When Triple H is trying to admonish both men in the ring for tearing up his PC, you got Johnny Gargano saying, first of all, He's the one that threw the weights at me and missed and hit the window uh, in the mirror. Not to mention, he's the one that tried to dive through the <laughs> through the window to try to get away from me. Like, so I I, I enjoyed that part. Uh, outside of that, I did think that Gargano was doing a little bit too. Uh, he was drawing a little bit too much to put that sort of character on. I feel like we just now got introduced to that character by way of the uh, the hour long or two hour long. Uh, however you want to look at it when they basically when they covered the whole Tommaso Ciampa Gargano uh, pretty much saga 
Um, that's for uh, when I feel like we saw a little peek to that character coming out. The way he was saying it, a little bit of obviously also when he was you know doing that sit down uh, with uh, Mauro Ronaldo, um, which <laughs> that he got mad at Ronaldo for saying something he didn't say. It was actually uh, <laughs> Nigel's the one that said it, but we never we never come back to that. Anyways, um, we do get a uh, guaranteed date, April eighth, in two weeks. NXT TV, we will finally see the final saga of uh, Tommaso Ciampa taking on Johnny Gargano, to which Triple H said, once it's done, it's done. It's over. This is over. Done. You know, which obviously a lot of fans who've been keeping uh, up to date on the whole Ciampa-Gargano situation, this is a match we've been waiting for since last year when Ciampa went, uh, you know, he was forced to not have the match against Johnny due to a a brutal neck injury. He had to uh, drop the belt and uh, get uh, surgery, of course. But, yeah, April 8th, and um, it's been set, but not before somebody has the last word. Without even speaking, Killer Cross has uh, officially debuted as uh, a member of the roster. I mean, he wasn't there in person, but, oh, God, you can't you, you, you can't miss, mess up his uh, his tattoos. You can't. Uh, you know what I mean? You can't mix up his, 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 just his, dude, you know what he looks like. It's his face. They had the whole TikTok thing. They had the Roman numerals on the clock. It, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, again, we kept seeing a lot of these uh, promos leading up to this without a face, without any words, without anything. We finally got that. Interesting to see where this goes when it, as far as it relates to the whole Champa Gargano situation. I mean, maybe we get both these guys fighting in two weeks only for Killer Cross to choke both of them out via, you know, cross jacket. Maybe knock them both out via uh, two Saito suplexes. Who knows? I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. I was already interested to see uh, the last of this saga already, you know, have that finality to it. Uh, but, yeah, Cross obviously making his presence felt. And I have a feeling that it wasn't coincidental. And, uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't just to get anyone's attention. It was very, uh, very planned and calculated, in my opinion. But... Uh, that is NXT, and uh, real quick, we're going to do one last break and listen to me talk to you guys about t-shirts, and we'll be back to cap off everything with AW Dynamite. What's going on, y'all? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show, man. I just got to shoot you guys a huge thank you. Because it's been a wonderful three years. Myself, Mark McFly, and Doc Lesnar, we've been doing this. It's been a great journey for three years, man. Trying to put on for the culture, man. Call great matches. Just doing all kinds of media and hidden shows. It's been great. It's been great. The experiences, interacting with fans online and off has been tremendous, man. The support, always appreciated. Thank you guys for listening, for tuning in to the news, everything we ever just contribute, as well as everything we do on the media side. Again, it's been a blessing, and I want to thank you guys. And the way we want to thank you guys is offer you guys a sweet deal for our brand new merchandise. This year, we kicked it off with a brand new logo. Now we have merch with that logo on it, and it could be yours. Great offer, $10 a shirt each. We have three sizes currently right now, medium, large, and XL. All you got to do is email us at Show at gmail.com. Hit us up with your size and also your address of where we can send it to. And you could also send us a $10 whether you got cash, cash money. We got cash app. We got Venmo. We got Zelle. We got PayPal. Whatever it is, hit us up. 
will accommodate. All you got to do is hit us up if you want to support. Again, right now we got a special sale, $10 per shirt, all because it's our three-year anniversary, man. All that and more. Don't forget to subscribe everywhere and follow us on social media for more updates on new merch coming soon. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? And we're back, and I think that's the first in KJS history. We got two breaks in the same episode. Crazy. Um, that's what happens when you're flying solo here. You know, you can't uh, can't get in contact with your normal buds, your pals, your the greatest trios. Uh, champions of podcasting, you know, in the world. Uh, shout out to Doc Lesnar and Mark McFly. Hold your head, no homo. If you, you guys are Dipset fans, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, let's get into AEW Dynamite, man. Let's finish this thing off. Uh, Dynamite opens up with uh, Kenny Omega, Cody, and Tony Schiavone at the commentary booth. Uh, while they're announcing the matches for the night, I thought this was interesting as we are usually met with uh, Jim Ross as well as Excalibur. Um, I actually just listened to the, the Talk of Jericho interview Excalibur had with Jericho saying that the only night that he didn't do commentary is when Chris Jericho kicked him off of commentary. So this was interesting <laughs> to see this right after I finished that interview. Um, little note there, whatever. Uh, but we did open up with uh, Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. It was uh, advertised a week ago. Uh, we had Cody, uh, Cody, we had Kenny Omega on commentary, which I thought helped build up the match as well as uh, his narrative as far as this is a must-win match for the Elite, not putting anything past uh, uh, Jimmy Havoc, but, you know, for us and our momentum and just, you know, we've been so focused on everything else outside of, of just having, like, competitive matches and just, you know, just for, for the, you know, for just for the good of, of our, their own personal records and win-loss records and stuff like that. So this was going to be a testament for, you know, how they were going to be maneuvering going forward and, you know, and play, again, you know, Kenny did a great job talking about how they've been, you know, more or less overwhelmed with their focuses on the inner circle and all that stuff and having to look over, you know, behind their back uh, or, you know, pretty much just just stay, you know, on task as, as opposed to just having just a regular, you know, career here in, uh, in AEW. So I thought that was a great little touch. We also had, uh, you know, Tony Schiavone uh, touching on the fact that Jimmy Havoc has a pretty still impeccable record for AEW uh despite the fact he's only been featured majorly on AEW Dark so I thought they did a great job uh helping to build up Jimmy Havoc's stock as well as saying that this was a much win for him um and I thought it did great uh for Havoc the fact that he had to take two of the crossroads uh finishers from Cody as we got uh Cody's win uh following the the match we had a uh, Jake Roberts promo and man man oh man Roberts killed it uh it seems like he, I mean, more so, I mean, you could, it's more obvious than now, but, uh, you know, a guy like Roberts, you're not giving that guy a script. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like they gave him the points of what he needed to say, what he, you know, what points he needed to make. Um, and he did a great job. Uh, he was talking uh, different things about how when AEW first started, he never got a phone call and, you know, uh, pretty much referring himself to one of the greatest minds in the business. Um, even talked about how uh, they were reluctant to uh, sign Lance Archer to a deal, even though we know that there was some extenuating circumstances, uh, which, you know, of course, revolved around his uh, his being Archer's uh, contract negotiations with New Japan at the time. But, you know, nice little touch because, you know, they just barely brought him in now, uh, saying that they were scared about what, you know, what he was capable of doing and stuff like that. Uh, Roberts calling out Cody saying, you know, we've been here two weeks. We've been, you know, why do we have to wait for a match? You know, we're just looking for one shot. 
uh, you know, haven't been in there with any, any of the AEW roster just yet. Even uh, threw some some daggers at his wife, uh, Cody's wife. Uh, called her uh, what Caesar's uh, Cleopatra, or or would that be Bill's Monica? If uh, you guys are born in the, <laughs> you guys are '90s '80s babies like me, then you know about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And uh, yeah, Monica is not his wife, so that was uh, yeah, hell of a shot in reference. But uh, then we come back to Cody, who's back on commentary, dared to respond to Roberts and announces the debut of uh, Lance Archer next week on AEW Dynamite. So, uh, you know, pretty good uh, pretty good uh, booking there. We got the um, not only the, the debut of the Exalted One in uh, Brody Lee, this uh, same show, but we also get the announced Lance Archer uh, debut uh, next week. Um, interesting seeing as Archer made his debut before Brody. But, you know, things, again, all these circumstances outside the, the you know, coronavirus and how it's affecting the way things are being presented, produced, and filmed, and all that stuff. I mean, again, can't um, can't knock these guys for still trying to do what they got to do to help make an entertaining show. You know what I mean? So with lack of a crowd, so yeah. Anyways, uh, next we got a Dar- Darby Allen promo, uh, very morbid in nature as we uh, come to to love uh, from the Darby Allen promos. Um, several cutout faces of uh, the inner circle. Again, we've seen that before in a lot of his uh, other promos, more, um, you know, uh, leading into the uh, program he had with Sammy Guevara at uh, AEW Revolution. But I digress. He had all the faces placed on a wooden table. It looked like a little dinner table. Um, ironically, it was, I think it may have been a circle, like a, in, uh, one of those circular tables. So, you know, inner circle, they, they eat together and all that good stuff. Uh, and then he set it on fire. Um, then uh, over... This action, he had talked about uh, Kip Sabian is nothing more than a sacrifice, basically saying this isn't personal. With the words, or I should say the quote, quote, there is nothing super bad about you. Those are just words. So, showed that he had no hard feelings towards Kip Sabian, but, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm going to have to get this win, uh, young blood. Uh, From there, we got Darby Allin against Kip Sabian, accompanied by... Uh, the super bad chick or super bad girl, whichever uh, you finally know her as, Penelope Ford, and uh, great match back and forth. These two, I thought it was a great choice to put them, put these two together. Um, haven't seen Kip Sabian in, in a major major spot on the card since the debut of uh, was it was it him and um, Sammy Guevara in the opening um, I believe the opening contest was it at, at All Out. Uh, so. Definitely, uh, you know, interesting to see their choice of putting these two guys, obviously, uh, arguably the uh, two biggest names next to probably like a Jungle Boy and a few others that I'm totally blanking on right now. As far as, uh, you know, up and comers, uh, uh, you know, names that they can build as far as AEW and and presenting them. Um, You know, you got a lot of uh, the vets here and a lot of already established names. Darby is still established, so is Kip Saban in their own right. But as far as the AEW audience as a whole in the U.S., we're definitely trying to push these guys in the right direction, showcase what each can do, uh, which I think is another reason why they decided to go with this uh, this victory. Was he had Darby Allen winning via the Gibson leg lock, as told to us by Cody. First of all, Cody Rhodes was gold on commentary all night, making such great references. He even called the uh, Topia Atomico uh, during the uh, 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 Brody Lee match. He, he uh, referenced it to the Guerrero. Uh, for those that know, Eddie Guerrero, definitely one of his – uh, staples in his moveset. So I, I very much enjoyed Cody on commentary for this episode. Called it the Gibson leg lock, but uh, Tony Schiavone uh, had the Iggy. It is uh, called the Last Supper, 
which is a new, uh, you know, pinning combination, uh, which I'm sure Darby is not against since he doesn't want to, you know, tear out his back every freaking week, uh, whether he lands it or misses it as far as throwing out coffin drops. So uh, good on him. Uh, we go to commercial, we'll come back from commercial with a Jake Hager video package, which featured uh, many AEW highlights as well as his Bellator highlights uh, as far as MMA and all that stuff. I thought it was great. They were uh, having this narrative behind it as far as uh, Jake Hager being un- uh, uh, undefeated in both uh, leagues as they uh, tend to refer to AEW as the newest league. Um, but from there, we got Jake Hager versus a jobber. Uh, I only call him a jobber because I don't remember his name. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I had a, I thought I remembered right now. It was like Chino or, Ch- I, I can't remember, man. I, I really, really can't remember. But um, let me see. Pretty much a squash match, man. We had Hager uh, pretty much squashing this man uh, via triangle choke. Uh, they're really trying to put over the submission here, as well as trying to again, uh, you know, drum up, uh, you know, more of that support of his uh, MMA background. Um, of this win, we got John Moxley appearing post match with an attack. Uh, he's uh, you know giving it to uh, Hager and hits the dirty deeds. I call it the dirty. De- it, let me rephrase the dirty deeds styled paradigm shift that work for you guys um no lift hits him with the ddt hager is on the floor but then momentarily picks moxley's leg into an ankle lock um i thought that was interesting um not to say that they buried the paradigm shift because it he didn't do it the way he would normally do it but i thought it was interesting how long that they had uh you know from when he hit it aside from the amount of time between when Hager got hit with it and Hager actually grabbed the the leg from the ankle lock, it was pretty pretty quick. Uh, Moxley fights off the ankle lock attack, uh, attempt, and then uh, Hager takes a walk as uh, normal heels do. And uh, you know we're followed by a uh, promo backstage by Moxley, who announces that he's 100% cleared. It seemed to me that he was throwing a championship, uh, you know, offer or a. Uh, challenge towards jake hager as he said that uh what are you gonna you know you can't run or he basically made fun of him running and said okay well when this is on the line are you gonna run so uh this being the aw championship or as uh cody kept calling it big platinum um again loved him on commentary but um after that we get the recap of the debut of the exalted one Brody lee from last week as he uh made his uh Appearance taking out Christopher Daniels. Um, again, if you guys watched last week, you guys know all about it. Um, after that, uh, we get into the, the the vignette that we were talking about before with Brody Lee. And uh, again, let me just paint the picture. Uh, you know, we got Brody Lee eating steak with Alex Reynolds and John Silver wearing a very Vince-esque looking suit and tie. Lee scolds them about understanding the strength in numbers and that the dark order or the lines of AEW and the fact that they feast on the weak. Uh, Lee then admonishes Silver when he attempts to eat his steak dinner, warning him that, quote, no one eats until he's done eating. Uh, afterwards, Silver is told to leave the table. Uh, Lee then tells Alex Reynolds to, quote, unquote, smarten up his boy. Uh, then we had Reynolds sneezing. <laughs> To which uh, Lee throws a Vince-like fit over the sneeze and makes Reynolds then lead the table as well. Again, uh, reported on it earlier, uh, quite evident that this was a little bit of a dig or a shot at Vince McMahon. Um, this is on the heels of the the last week promo, again, with uh, Brody Lee when he's revealed as the exalted one where he refers to Christopher Daniels as 
not the first old man who's uh, who didn't believe in him. So, again, fueling fueling a lot of that, uh, you know, th- those rumors as far as him going at the old man. But uh, from there, we get uh, Brody Lee's uh, debut match against QT Marshall. Um, I mean, I think we already knew this was pretty much meant to shine Brody up and let people know, hey, yeah, I know you guys uh, know me or knew me as somebody else. Cody Rhodes is playing to that uh, a lot during the whole night. He kept saying, you know, I knew him as a different name, but it's, you know, I want to see what Brody Lee is going to bring bell to bell to AEW. And that's pretty much what this match was, man. QT had a pretty good uh, outing as well, but Brody Lee uh, put him down with the discus clothesline. And um, interesting enough, after the match, uh, Brody, who was accompanied to the ring by one of the Creepers, um, they actually offered QT a mask. So, uh, you know, very interesting seeing as earlier in the build for the Dark Order, there was a lot of references to them wanting to try to bring in the elite to be a part of the Dark Order. QT Marshall, obviously part of the Nightmare family, uh, part of the, the, the Natural Nightmare tag team with uh, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes on occasion in AEW Dark. So I thought this was a little bit of a small little... Uh, you know, nugget of a, of a Easter egg where it's like, Hey, we're still actually going in that direction. So, um, but yeah, um, after that we get the recap of the elite losing their big six man match to the inner circle last week, which, uh, the winning team would gain the, the advantage going, uh, into the blood and guts, uh, matchup, which has still been postponed. Still no word on when that's going to happen. Um, but the advantage of course was given to the inner circle, which it also, uh, you know, showed the 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 recap of the debut of Matt uh, broken Matt Hardy excuse me in uh, AEW joining the elite uh taking the place of an injured Nick Jackson in that blood and guts match and speaking of Nick Jackson shortly after that we also got a a, a recap of uh the attack from inner circle on Nick Jackson you know where he was left laying bleeding out of his mouth with the garage door laying on top of his head looked crazy looked crazy crazy but uh, it was an update on his condition via AEW's quote-unquote West Coast correspondent, Vanguard One, <laughs> which uh, I thought this was cool. I thought this was great. Uh, I mean, it was short, sweet. They didn't over, overplay the you know the whole thing. Uh, and I thought it was a good look into the future as far as what they were going to be doing with some of the stuff that Matt Hardy wants to bring to AEW. Uh, we were uh, shown that Nick Jackson was working out in his uh, gym, in his garage, and is at a 61% um, recovery rate. So, you know, maybe another week or two, we'll get him to 100. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is just a side note. I thought another person, if, if it wasn't Matt Hardy, one person that I thought would have made sense to bring in as a, as a fifth for that blood and guts match would have been Darby Allen, as uh, obviously he's still showing he has a little bit of issues with the inner circle, and he obviously is still coming off the, the win from uh, Sammy Guevara, who, uh, you know, jammed. The, the skateboard deck into his throat, uh, leaving him, uh, you know, unable to talk for quite some time leading up to their build to revolution. So I thought that, that would have been another good one as well, but not mad at Broken Matt at all. Now, as we get into the last match of the night, it was uh, actually a surprise. It was uh, announced earlier in the week, but then they added a new stipulation. It was Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara. But Kenny Omega actually just recently won the AAA Mega Championship again. So now they turn this one-on-one match into a championship match for the AAA Mega Championship. Great match back and forth between these two. Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara on paper. You're already, I mean, 
when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be dope. I thought it, they probably would have opened the, the night with this match, but that was before I found out about Brody's debut as well as uh, Jericho and Matt Hardy, you know, having their thing at the end of the night. And, of course, you know, Cody and Jimmy Havoc. But great, great match. Uh, these guys are both pros. I mean, it was – I mean, if you weren't listening specifically for a crowd reaction, you wouldn't even – you know, remember that the crowd wasn't there. If you didn't see all the spots where there was, you know, throwing each other into the guardrails with nobody there. I mean, the the match was still top notch, even though there wasn't a crowd there to, to a live crowd there to appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but we had Kenny Omega retaining the AAA Mega Championship as well as uh, gaining the win via the one winged angel. And uh, last but not least, the last segment of the night is pretty heavy, man. And I, I got to break it down because this to me was genius and hilarious. We had uh, Chris Jericho coming out to address the debut of Matt Hardy last week and uh, obviously talk about Matt Hardy joining the AEW uh, roster. Um, you know, he started going in on Matt, but then he was actually shortly interrupted by Vanguard One, to which Jericho then proceeded to cut a promo on Vanguard One, telling him that, you know, I don't, I don't like you. I don't like what you stand for. I don't like your political views on Twitter. Uh, just hilarious stuff, you know, telling him, you know, I think you're a piece of shit. And then he even goes on to say, and even though I don't like you, I still respect you. <laughs> and offers him a chance to join the inner circle, to which Vanguard sort of declines the offer by flying away. Uh, and then enter Matt Hardy, who is seen at the top of, like, the nosebleeds section of Daly's Place. Uh, and then he seemingly, quote-unquote, teleports from the nosebleeds down to the mid-row, down to the front row, right in front of the AEW ring. At first, it was the first two times I felt like it was done pretty good. All the other times after that, it was pretty blatant that it was a still shot of Chris as Daly's place does not have a roof, and you were you know seeing his hair move quite a bit while he was cutting the promo. Um, again, the first couple, two or three times they had Matt teleporting, it was done pretty well. The other times when he finally got to the front of the ring, it was, uh, it was whatever, you know what I mean? But again, um, who's to say what he could have done better or edited better? I mean, WWE didn't really do a whole lot with the broken Matt character or the woken Matt character in terms of, uh, you know, all, all the, uh, the supernatural stuff and all that, and just things that they were able to make come to life. Um, so th this is different, you know, first time seeing this from a company outside of impact where they're getting behind it and trying to supply the right amount of, uh, uh, ammunition for the creativity, I should say for, uh, 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 preparing the battlefield for, uh, Matt Hardy, so to speak. But, um, then, uh, I, I got to read this transcript because this is where it gets, again, this is genius, great storytelling. And I just thought it was great because again, we had, first of all, we had both guys cutting promos without microphones. Um, so they were just using their regular speaking voice and obviously the cameras were able to pick it up because there's no outside noise. There's no crowd reaction. There's no promo or the, no, no, uh, uh, not promos, uh, uh, pyros going off at the moment. But so, you know, we, we get, uh, you know. Matt Hardy talking about how he owes the Young Bucks a debt for helping him resurrect uh, his career as well as resurrect who he was as he's this new character under the Broken Brilliance banner as Damascus. And uh, then you got, this, this is why this is so genius, because the back and forth here, like the, the, the little things Matt would say that would prompt Jericho to say something and vice versa, it just all made sense. It was just all logical here, so... Again, he says, I owe uh, the Young Bucks a debt for helping me and resurrecting my career. 
Then you had Jericho saying, I resurrect careers. I know a thing about resurrecting careers. I resurrected Jake Hager's career. I brought John Moxley here. I made Sammy Guevara. I made Santana. I made Ortiz, and I can make you. And then you got Matt replying, saying, you know, again, making reference to this Damascus character, saying that he is over 3,000 years old. And when it comes to creating chaos, violence, and brutality, I am practically perfect. If you couldn't hear, I was me biting trying to trying to do the Matt Hardy frantic bite. But anyways, <laughs> then you had Jericho re- respond saying, well, you know, if you are 3,000 years old, that means you're very wise, which, great, popped so hard for that. Uh, I get what you're doing with this whole reinvention thing. No one understands that better than me. Again, another great line. Jericho, known for his notorious and revolutionary uh, uh, reinvention, art of reinvention, I should say. And then he <laughs> goes on to, uh, uh, you know, compliment Matt Hardy's gothic cloak and the red streak is real sassy, uh, the red streak in his hair. Um, but he says, inside, you're still the same Matt Hardy that I've known for the last 25 years. Matt Hardy then says, I could say the same for you. Like the chameleon, you've changed many times in the last two decades, but inside, you're still an evil essence, rotten to the core, truly a hole of the ass. Basically calling him an asshole. Um, then you get Jericho saying, look, you're, you're missing this whole point. You're missing this. You're missing everything just like you did with your whole career. Same old Matt Hardy, always a step behind, never quite on top. Always living in the shadow of bad booking and his little brother. Obviously a little, little shot there about uh, how people really feel between uh, the comparison of Jeff Hardy and Mar- uh, Matt Hardy. But then... Uh, you got Jericho offering Matt Hardy the chance to join the inner circle before asking Matt to use his quote-unquote broken brilliance to decide if he was inner circle or elite, which of course results in a ridiculous back and forth uh, between Jericho and Matt with a delete, no, I said elite, delete chant back and forth. So uh, it seems that, you know, seemingly uh, explained to by Damascus, that AEW represents the paradise that he has been longing for and the inner circle threaten that paradise to which he must take them down and delete the inner circle. Uh, From there, Jericho references Matt Hardy, you know, in the midst of the delete chant saying, look, there's not even allowed a live crowd here to 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 sing along with you. So just just cut it out. And then you got Matt Hardy saying, yeah, you're right. You know, it talks about how the live crowd typically would would sing, uh, uh, you know, to his song, the you know, uh, Chris Jericho, Judas. And I thought this was great. He had Matt Hardy saying, by the way, I knew the real Judas. He turned on me as well, which, great, awesome. I thought it was awesome. Um, to which he also says that even if the fans were here, and, the, and, and they are here, their energies are here, they would be singing, classify myself as obsolete, which was, of course, you know, another Jeff Hardy uh, nod, as that was one of the things that he was doing as far as the obsolete song in the uh, Impact Wrestling during the Broken Brilliance days. But um, Jericho, <laughs> Jericho being the genius that he is, and I know this is a long play-by-play, but this, I'm telling you, if you guys didn't pay attention, there was so much gold in, in this back and forth. Almost done here. But, uh, you know, you got Jericho basically, you know, uh, in, in – <laughs> In uh, response to the fact that there are no people there, uh, you know, n- nobody in attendance, uh, Jericho says, yeah, there's no one in the crowd to sing, 
because he banned all the fans from all future AEW shows. Again, if you guys remember this from last week, Jericho during his closing promo before they did the reveal of Matt Hardy, that was the biggest thing he was saying that, you know what? No one, <laughs> I'm banning all fans from future AEW, which was fun, a fun way to quote unquote, write the fan, the live crowd off TV since we can't ignore the huge elephant in the room with the fact that they're putting on empty arena matches. I thought that was great. But again, another great callback to that. Um, saying that he banned all the fans. Uh, and then, again, he says there's no one in the crowd because he's banned all the fans. And then you got Matt Hardy who says, you're actually wrong. There's Abraham Lincoln in seat 15C. Honest Abe, do not lie. Matt Hardy will not die. I thought that was great. And then he said, and over here, there's Martin Luther King who is still having a dream. Again, you know, a little play to the uh, craziness that goes on in the mind of Damascus, a broken Matt Hardy. For those that are familiar, he has been known, again, he's lived for 3,000 years, so he's talked to and been around so many of the world's greatest entities, names, and and just, just all around, just like household names, you know what I mean? So the fact that he talked about Abraham Lincoln being right there and only he could see him and Martin Luther King, I thought that was great. And then, you know, again, he, he mentions Damascus, and uh, we got Jericho basically saying that, uh, you know, I don't see anybody. I don't see an entity. I'm looking right in your eyes. I, I see just regular old Matt Hardy. Then says, or maybe I have to slap it out of you. To which he slaps the taste out of Matt Hardy's mouth. Hardy returns with a punch of his own. Uh, pretty much uh, putting Jericho on his ass. And then you got Jericho holding his mouth saying, oh, wow, you really are a wizard. <laughs> you put the champion down with one punch. But, you know, I got a magic trick of my own. Abracadabra, Matt Hardy gets his ass kicked. <laughs> to which Sam McVara, uh, you know, makes a save, jumps Hardy from behind. Uh, then he got inner circle in the likes of Sammy and Jericho, uh, still continuing the assault on uh, alone uh, Matt Hardy. To which uh, Cody and Kenny make the save with steel chairs, sending inner circle running. Uh, they attempt to come back to the ring, but they are thwarted by the use. And this is, this is I don't know, this was weird for me. I guess they're, you know, the whole supernatural thing they're going to take uh, for serious because the only other person that's really had this power on this level has been The Undertaker. But, uh, again, they were thwarted by Matt Hardy's supernatural pyro powers. Yes, did not stumble when I said that. He was making pyro come out of the tunnels while he was uh, doing his delete, his whole delete uh, pose and all that stuff. So, uh, definitely, quote unquote, a fire way to uh, come out of uh, AW Dynamite coming out of this week. Again, another great episode. It did great as far as building, um, you know, some guys that they're trying to debut as far as trying to put some stock in these guys as well as making their opposition look strong and guys like Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. Um, but yeah, I very much enjoyed this episode. And yeah, man, that's pretty much the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. And uh, oh, oh. Okay, I just got a major report, and I, I, I'd be uh, dumb if I didn't report this. This is pertaining to WrestleMania. Uh, shout out to Stellar J, a.k.a. Justin Lopez from the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Um, did some work with him as well as we do a lot of, we go to a lot of uh, the AEW shows together as well. But he just sent me a text right now. Um, this is breaking, I guess. Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania. According to a report from Pro Wrestling Sheet, Roman Reigns requested to be removed from his WrestleMania 36 match against Goldberg due to the coronavirus concerns. 
Uh, Rain's immune system is compromised due to his obvious recent battle with leukemia. He didn't want to take a chance with his health. WWE honored the request and will find Goldberg another opponent. So this very interesting coming out right now, right at the end of this episode. Um, who do you think should face uh, Goldberg for the Universal Championship? I mean, one would say Bray deserves a uh, rematch, but he has his uh, hands tied currently with John Cena. Um, and I think they're going to be doing something special with that, unless they decide to make that a triple threat match, Goldberg, Fiend, and John Cena for the Universal title. I don't know. This is all weird. It's all coming out now. Uh, craziness. I thought everything was going to be uh, pretty much, uh, you know, uh, we, we, I, feel, I feel like we already knew what to expect from WrestleMania. This is brand new news. I'm breaking it right now. Uh, crazy. Didn't they really expect to have so many surprises outside of what they had planned? Um, but with with WrestleMania, obviously, again, I mean, I'm I'm recording this. At, this is about 7.30 right now, West Coast time. They have about three and a half hours until it's 11 p.m. And uh, they're going to be forced to, to not film anymore. So I wonder what WWE had decided to do. I'm sure this is something they already saw coming and had decided to uh, call in an audible. I mean, with this being you know, day two of their two-day shoot, I don't see them trying to pull anything. I don't know. This is weird. This is so weird, man. But um, this is why we do this. Keep you guys entertained. You never know what's going to happen on the Quincy Jones Show, man. Again, shout out to Stellar J, Justin Lopez, man. I hope you're holding your head over there in New York. I know things are crazy right now. Um, and I know that Facebook is acting crazy about your page right now, man. Um, check out his back, uh, his backup page, the Pro Wrestling Spotlight. It was the spotlight. I was, again, doing some work with him on that. But, um, you know, hold your head, my friend. Shout out to uh, Justin. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Doc uh, Lesnar as well as uh, Mark McFly. Um, and shout out to you guys, man. I know you guys, again, looking for uh, any way to uh, find an outlet from, from your houses and trying to, you know, be touched by uh, people that, that love you, that, that, that support you. That, that want to see you do well, you know what I mean? So, um, but uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for listening and thank you for choosing uh, us as your option to get away from the harsh realities of the coronavirus uh, currently right now. Um, definitely want to say thank you guys for following us on all social media. And if you haven't already, please do so. Stay notified, stay up to date on everything we're doing, whether it's videos, whether it's uh, uh, ring announcing, whether it's uh, breaking down the Wednesday Night Wars, putting out another episode for you guys, the Quincy Jones Show, everything in between. Hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at uh, Facebook, the Quincy Jones Show at Twitter, as well as the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram. You could also hit us up uh, on uh, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. If you are an indie wrestler in Southern California or maybe outside of Southern California, we could set it up. If you guys are bored, I know you guys are, are looking for ways to create uh, you know, outside that 20 by 20, since they're not allowing too many wrestling shows right now. If you guys are looking for an opportunity to talk, to cut a promo, you guys maybe looking to get an interviewed or something like that. Maybe you have a product or want to, you know, uh, hit us up to get, you know, a few sponsored uh, uh, spots as far as ad space and uh, trying to, uh, you know, help you guys sell your merch and stuff like that. And the Quincy Jones show, hit us up, man. The Quincy Jones show at gmail.com. Again, uh, just hit us up, man. Definitely interested to bring anybody else on the show, trying to help, this show be as entertaining as we can and reach those uh, with our content the way that we do it, man. And if you guys are uh, definitely enjoying what we're doing and think that we could help you guys get your message across, get your story out, by all means, hit us up. And uh, while you're doing that, by all means, follow Doc Lesnar and subscribe to him everywhere you get your music. iTunes, Amazon Music, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, uh, everything. 
iHeart Radio, everything. I don't, I don't have, I don't have all this stuff in front of me. But you know that you know where to go get it because he tell, he tells you all the time. There was an ad. The first ad of this episode told you where you to go to, to, to go and get this stuff. So don't be, you ain't got no, you ain't got no excuse. All right, go support Lesnar, support the hip hop hybrid. Put a little bit of dough in this pocket. He got a, a crazy amount of music right now. You guys could purchase some singles. Purchase some shirts. We even got shirts, KJS shirts. Hit us up, ten bucks a pop. Hit us up on PayPal or whatever a uh, 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 money transferring uh, uh, equipment or app you use. Hit us up, man. I know we're all at a distance, but let's just bring ourselves closer, man. Let's support everybody. Let's support you guys. And on that note, top guys out. <laughs> <laughs>